They want to be together. That's all that they want. It's all that they fought for. But they can't deny that they have these paths in front of them that just don't cross over anymore. And it's, it's bittersweet, but it's also like, this is how it has to be. Hello and welcome to EW Onset. I'm Shana Naomi Crockmall. And I'm Patrick Gomez. This is, of course, a companion piece to the sixth and final season of Shit's Creek. We're in the back half now. Ooh, don't even I'm say sorry. it. I'm sorry. Oh. I'm sorry. We'll be here every Wednesday morning after a new episode airs. Recaps, exclusive onset interviews with the cast and crew. This week, we're talking about episode 608, which is written by David West-Reed and directed by Andrew Savanino. You'll be hearing from Dan Levy and Noah Reed and Catherine O'Hara and Annie Murphy and Dustin Milligan. Uh, it's some good, juicy stuff this week because uh, it was a, a good, juicy episode. Lift, it, was, it was a good heartbreaker of an episode. It was There's a lot in this, and I, I think in many ways, like our most emotional episode so far in the season. We'll get to it in a little bit, but there was a moment that I literally gasped and then instantly mm. started crying. I will reveal which which moment that was later. There's a little <laughs> there's a little tuned. tease. There's a little tease to stay in, but um, it's not all sad. We get uh, uh, David makes Patrick get a spray tan. Are you happy now, David? Is this what you wanted? You look I look like a cheese puff. Okay, you said it, not me. Not great. <laughs> it's not great. Moira and Johnny have a little romantic getaway at the new motel, as well as like an ethical discussion about whether you can um, prioritize your own caretaking as part of your business. Yeah. And I think we can all guess where Johnny stands on that position. Johnny, wasn't it you who said it was dangerous to treat your assets like personal possessions? And what, may I ask, are you two doing back here? Told you we would get caught, Roly. <sighs> and then, of course, we have... The Ted and Alexis of it all. It's really intense. I mean, like, we've seen this, like, long-distance Ted and Alexis throughout this season. First, because she misses her flight or she misschedules her flight to the Galapagos. Then because they ultimately decide that the mix of the terrible living conditions um, that Ted is is suffering under and the sort of, like, new um, interest and, and momentum in Alexis's career means it doesn't make sense for her to come and then things get even realer and harder. And in this episode, we we learn that like not only have their careers both kind of started to take off, but in ways that mean that this could actually be like a really, really, really lengthy, almost undetermined length, but years long separation. And they decide to end things um, in a way that's very different than the last time Ted and Alexis broke up. You can't move back here, Ted. You've just been offered the job of your dreams, and there's no turning back now. What about you? What are you going to do? I can't move to the Galapagos. I wouldn't let you, even if you tried. It's like the most adult decision you can make. Absolutely. Like, it really is. They're both—I I mentioned this previously, Gift of the Magi. Like, they are not—he is not willing to let her make a decision— that will be to her own detriment. And I think, and she's, I think possibly for the first time in it. Alexis's life, she thinks that she and her own life and her own ambitions are maybe worth putting first rather than chasing a guy or another guy or a different guy. Well, it's really, I think it's really interesting because Alexis has been willing to th- throw caution to the wind for a guy in the past. And even though she's willing to do that, for him, it's it's in a completely different and actually mature way that she's willing to do that. It was always like she was doing it because of a guy, but it was really for her. Mm-hmm. This because it was fun and adventurous, or, or it was you know the idea of who this guy was. Yeah, versus this is her choosing to be selfless in 
kind of going off and doing this and he won't let her do it because he wants to be selfless and kind of give up their future. They both really recognize that to to make the choice to be together would require each of them to give up something that they have grown to really love and be good at and or to kind of constantly be second guessing the decisions that they've made. So it's it's a heartbreaker. And we we spoke to Annie Murphy and Dustin Mulligan at length about these. Um, and I think we'll we'll let them. They we'll got emotional. We got emotional. Every, so everyone got pretty emotional. So let's take a listen. Alexis and Ted break up. And it's heartbreaking, right? Even in that way that it makes sense on some level. It's really, really sad. Can you kind of talk us through shooting that scene and what you thought, how was the table read for it? Where did that kind of start and how did it end up? Um, Well, the table read was interesting because Dustin wasn't there. He was just a little tinny voice over the speakerphone. And the scene actually changed quite a bit from the table read to um, to when we actually shot. Um, and when we actually shot, it was a, it was a really sad scene. It was it wasn't our very last scene that we shot together. I think it was our second last scene that we shot together. And um, the relationship has come to mean so much to both of us as actors and we've had so much fun acting with each other and playing these characters. Um, that it really was a very sentimental scene for us as people and as actors as, uh, and as, you know, in character as well. And every, the cafe looked so beautiful and the crew was all sad. And it was like, it was, um, yeah, it was a really special scene to shoot. And I think it was, I think the way it was written really serviced the characters. In a, How did it change? Um, I think the, the initial script was it was kind of Alexis heavy there was a lot of there was a lot of words coming from Alexis and I think the writers just ended up feeling like it needed to be more of a a dialogue between the two of them because they're you know Mm -hmm. two people going through this moment not just one so we're only halfway through the season really at this point are you holding out hope that there might be some way of resolving this or what do you think is What's going to happen? What would you, in your heart, want to have happen? Um, I want Ted to kill the last tortoise accidentally <laughs> and and get f- fired, but then offered like a lovely job somewhere much more accessible and um, and metropolitan, and then they live happily ever after together. That's my hope. Well, I know we're we're rooting for them. Yeah. Is do you feel like Alexis is rooting? For, like, if Ted comes back next episode, is she back full in and, and would want that to all still happen? I think so. I really do. I think if Ted, you know, got f- fired somehow, sweet, precious Ted got fired from his job, I think that um, that they would end up together. But it's just one of those shitty situations of circumstance where two people who would be great together just can't be. And that... I happens all the time and it's sad and hard but it takes two mature people to kind of come to that decision to to part ways and love each other from afar you've done two big uh breakup scenes in 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 the cafe in the cafe (laughs) and they're kind of reminiscent of each other i love that both of them are about acknowledging how much you've changed each other and grown and and she learned a lot from mutt and she learned a lot from ted yeah i actually think that the mutt breakup scene maybe one of the first glimmers of a maturing Alexis that mm-hmm. we see. 
and then to see how how much further she has come with the scene with Ted. That's very interesting, actually. I, I haven't really thought about that too much. But um, yeah, you, it, they really do kind of um, highlight the change in her as a as a woman. Ted and Alexis break up. What was your when did you first read that? How did you feel about it? Uh, I whenever the script came out, I don't remember. I mean, Dan and I had had this conversation well beforehand, before they'd even written the season. So I, I knew what was coming. And for me, the idea that I felt very strongly about was this notion that love alone is not enough to sustain a relationship. Mm. We want to believe that. We want to believe that once you are in love, then that's, that's the end all be all. But life gets in the way. Love is easy. Life is hard. And I think that's what this relationship uh, represents in such a wonderful and, again, realistic way that they want to be together. That's all that they want. That's all that they fought for. But they can't deny that they have these paths in front of them that just don't cross over anymore. Um, and it's, it's bittersweet, but it's also like, yeah, this is, this, is, this is how it has to be. And the scene in the cafe reflects that. It's heartbreaking. It's sad. Annie has a beautiful performance in that, as she does with all of our emotional scenes. She's always so, 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 so good. I'm just in awe. Half the time I'm like getting misty-eyed, not because I'm in the scene, but just because I'm so impressed with her and I just, <laughs> I can just see her career ahead of this. Uh, no, but I, uh, I, I. Do you cry? Uh, like in the scene? Or, or outside of it? Do you... I got emotional, I think, afterwards because like the characters, there is that sense of like, so that's it. Mm -hmm. um, and it's hard. It, you know, as much as I, I pride myself on being pretty professional and, and being able to sort of uh, compartmentalize character from self, ultimately you're using your actual nervous system and your actual emotional um, um, availability in order to, to dive into that. And so there is crossover. It gets messy. And I think, too, again, I've, I love Annie so much. And that's been my partner through this entire show. Like almost every scene I've done is with her. And yeah, it was it was something that I, I got a little misty about after the fact. Um, when I was when I was at home alone watching Degrassi reruns on TV. Like a good Canadian boy. Yeah. Two weeks ago we saw this really touching scene with uh, Moira and Alexis where um, Moira is kind of discussing Alexis's options, as she says, it's a conundrum, uh, you know, what to do about career versus Ted. Um, and now we've seen how that ultimately is playing out. Uh, so we actually spoke to Catherine O'Hara um, on her and her character's feelings about Alexis and Ted and career and all of it. We've really seen Alexis and Moira's relationship grow a lot. And, and yes. I think her progress in finding men that are better for her and then finding that she doesn't even need a man is a big thing for her this season. So talk to us about what you feel like Moira's feelings are about uh, the breakup, basically. I I personally had a hard time with it because <laughs> I love them together. And that made me sad. Uh, to begin with, I think from Moira's point of view, you know, Moira being a little bit selfish, even though she's learned to be a, a mother. I wouldn't say a better mother. She wasn't even a mother before. Now she's learned to be a mother. Um, you know, she's focused on the on the upcoming premiere of The Croning. And she's working with her daughter and loving it. And it's giving Alexis something to do and something to look forward to. So 
you know, it's both selfish on Moira's part and also thinking of Alexis that here, focus on this right now because you're going through that. And who knows, you know, you two got together only because you're in this small town. He's a lovely man. If it's meant to be, it'll happen later. You know, you'll be together later. But right now, focus on this because it helps me too. <laughs> um, it was just, I just love um, getting to know both our children in this, you know, Moira's and Johnny's children. You know, we had no agenda as parents before. We didn't consider it at all. And now we've learned. And of course, we had to sit down with showrunner slash mastermind Dan Levy to ask him, first of all, how dare you? And secondly, why? I think their relationship was so great and so important for each each of those characters. I think for Ted to be with Alexis, who's so like self-assured and confident and... Um, traveled and, you know, for Alexis to be with Ted, someone who's just, you know, in a way is similar to Patrick in the sense that he just loves her and wants to be with her and has his own business and is, you know, is educated and, you know, uh, cares about animals and all of these things that she's so sort of unfamiliar with. They really were, it was a yin-yang situation with each other. And we felt like for them to go their separate ways, but knowing that they've changed each other for the better, that it wasn't for naught, that this wasn't just a sort of superfluous relationship that we were going to throw away and have Alexa sort of go on to bigger and better things, that she couldn't have ended the series had she not had Ted, um, was something that we felt like was important for her and she can now go off into this next chapter of her life clear and focused and knowing what she can have if she wants it but also knowing what she wants so we'll see we'll see what happens to alexis we'll be right back with maury w on set Hey everyone, I'm Sid Evans, Editor-in-Chief of Southern Living and host of Biscuits and Jam. Since 2020, I've been interviewing musicians, chefs, authors, and other Southern icons about their family traditions, their faith, their favorite meals, and of course, what it means to be Southern. And I'm excited to announce Season 5 of our award-winning podcast. Join me every Tuesday for new conversations with some of the most interesting and influential Southerners around. Be sure to follow Biscuits and Jam wherever you get your podcasts. You can also find us online at southernliving.com slash biscuits and jam. Welcome back. Okay, I can't take how sad this podcast has been up to this point um, this week. So uh, let's get to a little levity, right. please. We're not we are not in any way disavowing the sadness of that storyline, but this is a comedy. Yes. It is a comedy series, and there is also some very funny, funny stuff in this episode, too. Yes, I want my mouse pad of David oh and Patrick. Ray and those mouse pads. I I hope they auction off some of those. Oh my God. All of those commemorative mouse pads, mostly of Jocelyn. Jocelyn in the undersea, but that's only available during the winter months, which yeah. has me question, why? It's like going on a cruise. It's like something you, you dream about when it's cold. I don't know. I don't know, but mouse I have lots of questions about Ray's. Mouse pads are questionable anyway, and I think if left to his own devices, he would give out mouse pads with Jocelyn on it for their wedding. Fair. So that whole engagement photo debacle. Hmm. 
David decides to gift Patrick with a spray tan so that he looks a little less pale in the photos, which, of course, immediately goes terribly awry. It was giving me such um, Friends vibes of when uh, David Schwimmer's character Ross goes to get a spray tan and accidentally doesn't turn around. Yes. Uh. All right, here's Noah Reed and Don Levy talking about the engagement photos. (laughs) (laughs) Uh Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. You mean this? Yo, some of your pose work in that episode, truly exquisite. There are times when we're shooting our show where there is freedom to do things that are not necessarily scripted. Uh And I took it upon myself to make sure that that photo shoot was as acrobatic as humanly possible. It was like you were doing like full Barrel rolls or yeah, something. Yeah, David was trying really hard to get the shot, <laughs> and in doing so, overcomplicated the whole process. This but, is, yeah, really just one of the handful of moments that pokes fun at my whiteness, my very, very <laughs> white skin. And uh, I'm glad that it, you know, that that character trait was mined for. I have those images now on my computer for the end of time. <laughs> I'm going to probably put them somewhere. I'll Uh frame one of them and just put it on my desk. (laughs) Just to have. Also, the fact that you look so uncomfortable, and I am really not. I don't care. It's all about me. So. Yeah. Yeah. Cheers to you. And to you as well. Good sport. That's what I have now dubbed the spray tan episode because we get uh, Stevie gets a spray tan, um, Patrick gets a spray tan, uh, Dustin Milligan as Ted comes in all super oh, super yeah, tan, super tan from yeah, being the Galapagos. from being the Galapagos. Like it was the spray tan episode. That's and true. It was it was beautiful. Let's talk about the Rose family celebrity name drop of the week. Um, I love that. Um, in a really touching scene between Alexis and Twyla that was very, very sweet. Alexis mentions, Do I leave everything behind and move to some random island to be with the love of my life? I did that with Harry Styles and England was like too rainy. There's so much to unpack here that she like was dating Harry Styles as one. But We're the fact talking that, about a woman who could both date Sean Penn and Harry Styles, yes. which is some extremely dubious dating math. I love that. Um, but the fact that like the island she's trying to compare the Galapagos to is England. Um, and it was just too rainy. It was too rainy. Can't do it. Um, that was my favorite name drop. What about yours? Okay, mine also in the middle of a pretty serious moment between Ted and Alexis. It's when they're sort of first, they're in bed together at the motel. Um, they're t- he's talking about why they can't go back to his place. I just thought that it was important that we have this conversation in person. You're starting to sound like me trying to end things with B-Rock on the Backstreet Boys Millennium Tour. First of all, like of all of the Backstreet Boys, I really just would not have guessed Brian was the one she would have dated. He was like the the most conservative, deeply Christian. I'm getting this like sense of Backstreet fandom from you right now. I, and I, I love it. If I were going to make a ranked list of which Backstreet boy Alexis would date, he would be fifth out of five. So who would be number one? Okay, number one is obviously AJ. Okay, good. I was hoping He's that was what you were going to say. He's the bad boy. He has to be. He has to be that one. And then 
probably Kevin because he would seem sort of like dubiously responsible, but also maybe like in charge somehow because he was. He was the oldest. He Producer was, Carly is like processing this. Yeah, she, she is like thinking about, about it. <laughs> then I guess I would say Nick just for like of the Harry Styles of it all, and then Howie. Although I really can't imagine her with Howie. And then Brian. But, like, Brian is definitely the fifth most likely Backstreet Boy to have actually dated Alexis long enough that they would have to break up. Unless this was, like, a weird Alexis phase where she went to, like, church camp. That's the only answer I have. I mean, I totally could see that being the case. Carly agrees. And also, I love that while lying in bed with Ted, she refers to him as (laughs) B-Rock. All right. So we are now going on to our favorite Moral Rose dialogue of the episode. Uh, Why don't you kick us off there? Okay, my favorite Moira line. We didn't talk too much about this whole storyline about the motel, but my favorite Moira line comes from, you know, this stay that they take in the presidential suite. Moira screaming at the sink in their motel room because the water is freezing cold and she's clearly trying to, you know, angle for an upgrade to this better room. A, she says, And what about the kids? We're just going to abandon them here? They're practically middle-aged. And B, and I, I think she is totally right about this, John, it's the water. It's freezing cold. Well, then move your hands. How will I know if it's getting warmer if I'm not touching it? <laughs> like, of course, because what he keep... says is so <laughs> what he says is so common sense. But then what she replies is also so common yeah. sense. Yes. Um, and then she just takes it to the next level. Excuse me while I try to pass through. Oh, John, these door frames. It's like trying to force oneself through the eye of a needle. <sighs> I don't think she's been particularly quiet about what she thinks about the living conditions at the Rosebud Motel, but there are some extras she's been saving up. Yes, most definitely. Um, mine uh, is is from that similar argument, but earlier in the episode where um, Johnny is trying to be like, look, I just told um, Roland and Jocelyn that they can't do this. We can't do it either. And she responds, Be careful, John. Lest you suffer vertigo from the dizzying heights of your moral ground. And I just loved it because normally when she does a Moiraism, it's kind of her describing a situation of this. But this is like a very... It's a burn. It's a burn and like an educated, like, well-thought-out burn. Yeah. Okay, funniest moment. Moment that made you laugh the most. I mean, I've got to go back to Moira in that doorway. We don't get a lot of physical comedy from Catherine O'Hara on this show. Um, Just having her do that, I could watch that over and over again. How about for you? All of Patrick's reactions to the spray tan. Where did his eyebrows go? Just have fun with it. Yes, have fun. (laughs) Okay, Patrick, I'm going to have to ask you to smile a little more. I think this is probably as good as it's going to get right now, right? Okay, okay. I will say this is both my funniest and because I just feel like I have to set the Ted and Alexis of it all. Like they're overqualified for what is the most like heart wrenching or crying moment. Like we cried. So I'm not even going to count them in this category, but I would say both to me the funniest and the most um, like cry worthy moment is kind of. Patrick's reaction to this whole spray tan situation because he's very funny. Like, he has moments, he has very funny lines. But there's also, like, a real, like, kind of genuine hurt in there. It's like, the most, like, angry I think we've yeah, seen his and character. he's restrained about it, but he's, you can tell that almost in some ways, like, this whole thing has been more important to him than David. And so much of this wedding planning, it's like, David's really driving the bus. David's the one who has all these ideas about what this perfect wedding will be. And Patrick's kind of like, sure. But then he, like, he's actually upset. Cool. So I guess my relatives will just have to imagine what the person I'm marrying looks like and how happy I am to be with them. Okay. It's a little heartbreaking. It was, I felt, I was glad they were able to kind of like work through it and figure it out because it actually, of moments on the show, was one of those moments where you're like, David's 
kind of being a little bit of a dick. And I'm also Patrick like, how busy is, are you? Can't you just decide to do it another day then? Ray but, can't be that busy. I mean, maybe he is. Maybe he was hard booked for months. Maybe he is, yeah. Um, well, like you said, I think I kind of don't even count the Ted and Alexis um, like scene, that final scene as something I can even, clearly, clearly that is the moment that is just heart-wrenching. I have to say, thank you. I'm assuming, because like we've said, he's the mastermind of it all, that this was a very big Dan decision. But um, choosing to end it, I shazammed it the minute it started playing, but dedicated mm. to the one I love by the Mamas and the Papas. Is that the version it was mm-hmm. the Mamas and the Papas? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so beautiful. It was like somehow both like wistful and yeah. haunting. Yes. Uh, but that aside, the moment that I know everyone's been waiting for that I teased earlier in the episode is the moment that made me gasp and instantly start crying was actually the flashback of mm. Ted and Alexis. Thank you, Carly, for nodding along. Um like I just I literally was just like and it was just like an instant flood of emotions because the writing was on the wall of what was about to happen but they've been through so much they've been through so much and just like to see them it it like gutted me yeah I was gonna say one of my other kind of funny lines is like even in that last scene where they're sitting at the cafe and it's like they're trying to kind of find some levity in it just think of all those gross little flies that are still out there for you to discover Actually, those flies are an invaluable piece of the puzzle in the study of evolution, but yes, we do have our fingers crossed that there are still a few more out there. Oh, we're back to being sad. This was a sad episode. It was a I sad episode. It's okay but, to be in our, in our sad But you know what? And I want, I, want a, I want a mouse pad of that final image of Ted and Alexis with her, and the dress is draped onto the stairs mm-hmm. of the. I mean, it was a beautiful shot with that beautiful uh, Mamas and the Papas song. So let's just end that it was a beautiful okay. ending while very sad. I did not love this journey for us. You did not love this journey, but we got through it. Um, thank you to all for for listening, continuing to listen, continuing to um, subscribe to this podcast and rate and, and like it. And comment. And comment. You can uh, find me at Shana Naomi. And I'm at Patrick Gomez LA. Let us know your thoughts about the season. Let us know your thoughts about the podcast. Thank okay. you so much for listening. This is EW Onset. <laughs>